Thank you for listening to the Nate Jackson Podcasting Network. Thank you for listening to the Nate Jackson Podcasting Network. You heard it. And thank you for joining the Super Funny Comedy Club podcast where we have national headliners who come through town, rip the crowds of Tacoma, the city of destiny, and then they come upstairs and leave their mark on comedy forever in the podcast studio with myself or if someone else is hosting them. Without further ado, our special guest for today is a comedy legend all the way from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'd like to introduce y'all to Steve Brown. What? Up, my dude. What's happening? <laughs> hey, man. You know, I'm glad you, you said Tuscaloosa, right? You're the first one. said Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right? Well, yeah, because that's where the, uh, you know, road yeah. tide and all that is Road from. tide all day. All my day. mama from Mobile, Alabama. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, that, that makes her official. That makes you official then. You're so official. listen, man, this this isn't going to be a regular podcast. Uh-oh. This is, this We going to go. Uh, Down through there. Let's get deeper. Let's make it happen. Hey, what? Whatever comes up, comes out. Let's make it happen. All right. Well, I'm talking about who raised me, and I know that you were raised by your grandparents. Mm. Tell me a little bit about that as a jit. Uh, the late elder Frank and Lucille McMullen. Lucille. Lucille McMullen. I was raised by a pastor and a pastor's wife uh, in Kojic. That's Church of God in Christ. That's one of them churches where you go Sunday morning, get out there Wednesday evening. A lot of denim dresses, too. Everything. Throw, throwing chicken, all types of stuff. Throwing chicken. Everything. That's okay. What, yeah, so, yeah, and uh, it was a really strict church. And as a matter of fact, um, I I was in church once. I was seven years old, and I went to sleep. I woke up. I was 12. We were still in church. <laughs> so that's that's the type of church we deal with. That's okay. Just, that's, the type, that's the type of church I dealt with. And uh, but it, it was cool, man. I learned a lot, man. You know, and um, I'm here today because of them, man. Because they, they, uh, they, they really instill discipline and structure and just, you know, uh, uh, careful planning. And I mean, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be today. So mm. I, that I, you know, I, I dedicate everything to them. So I similarly was. Uh, see, my parents are uh, were, were there for my rearing, uh-huh. but they are older. Like my dad was 40 when I was born. Okay, you know they still getting it in. They're like grand grandparent parents is what I call them. So you're right. my granddaddy, daddy. You know you're my daddy. You like a granddaddy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. So they up at parent teacher conferences and people are like your grandmother's here. I'm like don't do that. That's my <laughs> but uh, you know when you talk about discipline and them instilling certain things, there's a generation of uh, I'll say fuckery that right. gets skipped because mm-hmm. young parents are trying to figure it out. Yeah, and they they grown. Right. Ain't no figuring that out. Mm-mm. So. For you was was a similar, and then who was who was a disciplinarian? Where, where which one of them was funny? Um, both of them. Okay, were disciplinarian. If I got a uh, if I get, if I got my ass whipped by my grandma, mm-hmm. might as well go and stay ready because my granddad gonna give it to me too. So you know that's that's how I was raised. You know the whole house beat your ass. Uncles over there. If you got in trouble, uncles, aunties, whoever's whoever's available and got a bed built or a switch, mm-hmm. that's who beat your ass. That's just what it was. Everybody, you know? everybody, they ganged up tag team. So that's what it was. But uh, actually, uh, my, my grandmother, she was funny. She used to see a lot of weird shit while she was whipping me and all that. But definitely, it was my grandmother. You know? Like what? Man, um, I can't think right off. 
But oh, take your time. Yes. We going deeper. <laughs> take your time. We going deeper. You know, asking me questions. Do you know why I'm doing this to you? Why she's beating your ass mercifully? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. Like no, but I wish you would stop. You know. Uh-huh. So just all types of crazy stuff, man. But definitely, man. And she she would just use you know bits of sarcasm while she's doing it and afterwards. You know, asking me how I feel and they're like, bitch, what you mean? How how you just damn to kill me? You know. Uh-huh. So, so definitely stuff, just stuff like that, man. But like I said, man, I learned a lot from it, man, and I wish. Uh, those parents, parents like that, were still around. I really do. Okay, I'll tell. I'll tell you. So, I, along with a lot of other people, thought that my dad was the funniest person in my household uh-huh. because he's more of an extrovert. And right. my mom, she just kind of keeps herself, but her timing is insane. Right. She had a checkup that she went to, and uh, I, I went up to the checkup like I, you know, like dropped her off and all that, and I came in. When I'm like, you come coming to pick her up, and she wasn't quite done yet, so she's still sitting there uh-huh. in the little gown or whatever they give you, where like the back is out, right? And uh, somebody she just put it back on, and they didn't like tie it, so uh-huh. the whole back thing is out, you know. She's sitting on the edge of the little uh, the little bed thing, and I'm like, Mama, your your whole your whole butt is out. You don't <laughs> feel that? She said it's pretty, isn't it? Hell no! I said, Mama, if you don't put that, if you don't put that gown on and get up out of here, we got to go. <laughs> it's man, when I tell you, I laughed at that. And my dad, while he's funny and he'll hit you with some jokes and stuff, he the timing, he'll do it when you're like, Sir, this isn't the time. My mom was, it was the perfect response to my concern because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in there on high. It was a regular checkup. Uh-huh. I'm in there like, Oh my god, my mom is in the hospital. You know, I'm that son. Right, right, right. You, yeah. she's like. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I'm pretty, but ain't it? Yeah, Mama, she ain't. what in the hell? Mama? She ain't giving a damn about your concern. You hear me? I'm but you know what? Okay, career so you, educator. She don't never talk like that. It was perfectly placed. It just floored me. So you had some strange weapons, but okay. Now I remember one time. Well, several times. Have you ever gotten your ass beat by your dad or your granddad? And he and his drawers. Have you ever? Yeah. He had on drawers and dress shoes, and it's like not yeah. the dress shoes. He had the dress but shoes. I did no, get he, whooped in drawers once, got, but I deserved <laughs> every. Piece yeah, of that woman. He had dress shoes on. I, I don't know what he was doing, but he had to come to where we were, and he didn't want to walk, you know, I mm-hmm. guess we were outside or whatever. But he like, fuck it, I'm going to come out there and get y'all in the way. Had on wife the beater? What do you have on the top? The wife beater and drawers, white, tighty whitey drawers and dress shoes. Tighty whitey? Yes, and he was, he was, you know how people halfway put their shoes on and they stand on the back of the hill on the yes. back of, he turn, had, turn he, the house shoes. Yeah, and he had in the, in the, in the, the hood lost it. He didn't give a damn. You know, back then, old men didn't give a damn how they look. So was this in Tuscaloosa? Okay. So that means the whole, the whole city, the whole uh, your city knew about it. But all but you, all three hundred of them. But you was you was born in Detroit. I was born in Detroit. Moved to California with my mom. Uh, that didn't work out because I was getting a lot give me, of trouble. Give me chrono, chronologize that for me. Give me some chronologic ideas. So you were in California by age what? All right. So. Um, I was born in 67 in Detroit. I was considered yeah, a rock. <laughs> I was considered What'd a rock. What that make you? 50? I'll be 54. I'll be 54. July so, 27th. Right, right. So so I was considered a riot, baby, because that's when the Detroit riot was going mm-hmm. on. So it was so dangerous. My mom and I quickly moved to L.A. And she you know, she did the, the uh, entertainment thing. She was singing in clubs and all that. And I stayed there until I was probably... Eleven. So she moved away from the Detroit riots uh-huh. to L.A. to get away from riots. Right. 
it, it, it didn't make sense because as <laughs> soon as she moved, they got to fight and shit. <laughs> so, so I believe I like mama. You you started that shit, didn't you? So right. yeah, but definitely. So I was getting in trouble and all that, man. You know, um, just doing crazy shit. One time I shot a lady in the eye with a paperclip in class. So that's how wild. Like a I rubber band. Yeah, thing. I was just doing crazy, crazy. Was her eye open? Yeah, I was open. I, I, I caught her ass good. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, hey, I was doing crazy shit. So, does the lady have sight in both of her eyes right now? No, she's now? good. She's good now, I think. I mean, <sighs> I mean, shit. I don't know. Uh, I hope if, if you're watching, I hope you see. Uh, she mad as hell. I'm I didn't sorry. know which student did it. Now I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and her both got on glasses. Yeah, so, so definitely, <laughs> my mom moved me. To Alabama, and okay. I got I got a wake up call for but you. But how old were you when you I were... was probably eleven? Okay, I was eleven. So, so you you knew you were moving. Yeah, to... I knew because I was getting all this shit. So, but my granddad gave me a wake up call out of this, out of this world as soon as I got off the bus. Mm -hmm. He beat my ass. They let me know what time it was. Welcome let me know. Well, no, welcome to Alabama. Right. Welcome to Alabama. And and ever since then, and every time I got into some. He come. He didn't give a damn how he was dressed or whatever. If if he was preaching during church, yes, and I and I did something, he saw it. He stopped, walked right over to me, popped the shit out of me, and started back preaching like he ain't even. And the congregation it, going crazy, going crazy, going crazy. And you you one of his, you one of the, uh, the preacher's kid. No, but you one of his tricks during his during his during his sermon. He didn't wrote in his notes at this point. Yeah. Whoops. Whoop baby Steve. I'm going to whoop his ass. And then finish out. They like yeah. that. Them, I like, them that old ladies loved it. And they, they sitting next to me, you know, praising and all that and look down at me. That's what the fuck you get. You know, <laughs> like, like, yeah, but he did that, man. So, um, like I said, that, that saved my life, man. They really did. They saved right? my life. Those whoopings keep you in line. So, what would you say? Because you said that you learned a lot of lessons from them, right? Mm hmm This the thing. Culturally, uh -huh. we be getting whooped. Yeah. African-American. But it's for a reason. For a reason. Otherwise, it's abuse and it's just a beating. Mm -hmm. There's a lesson. There's something that they are trying to instill, a line they don't want you to cross. There's a barrier they're trying to get you to respect. What was, what was I would say, what stuck with you the most? What do you hear in your head still from then? The, um, you know, them being consistent. And persistent, you know, just just stay on track. Whatever you start, you finish. And I, I've always I, that I, that that's been instilled to me, man. And no matter what, man, I'm gonna finish the job, no matter what. They just 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 stay on task. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, and 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 pay attention to details. And that's what I try to do when I'm on stage, man. And um, that that's been a really really huge part of my success. So you know, as far as the weapons and shit, you know, if 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 things were like they are now back then, mm -hmm. oh, both of them be in jail. They, 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 they yeah, they be in like that. I, <laughs> I got hit with, with shoes, belts, uh, switches, hot mufflers. They ain't give a damn. Whatever, yeah. Back, hot mufflers. Hot mufflers right off the car. They ain't give a damn. <laughs> whatever they saw, you getting hit with. That's just the way we were raised. That's yeah. the, you was raised like that too. Come on now. You, yeah, I got told. You done got hit by a two by four, a hammer, or some shit before. You know you. Not know. a hammer. Uh, with the back of it. Back of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been woe out. Yeah. Ooh, man, I remember one time. Uh, th this didn't even happen to me. This is the worst woman I ever seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was these two brothers, George and Kenneth Brown, and they they was always play play roughhousing too much, mm -hmm. and they would get off. They would wrestle on the bus and wrestle when they. I mean, you would literally see like a pot, like a, just dust all in there. They was always fighting. Right, like, right these right. two brothers, they wouldn't fight nobody else. It would just be against each other. Kenneth right. Tooth got knocked out or something one day off the bus, uh -huh. and 
his dad was out of town. And so then I come the next day. I'm, I go over there to hang out with them. He's over there smiling with his little tooth missing. Look what George did and all that. <laughs> and I remember his dad came in off the road and came and hugged his sons and saw the tooth was knocked out. Mm-hmm. And he said, what happened? He said, uh, George knocked my tooth out. It's no big deal, daddy. Daddy was not playing this. He this was his adult too. There wasn't no kid. Oh too. wow! All so right. So dad is like, yeah, yeah. You don't understand how what you just did to yourself. Right, right. He put on a Nike sweat wristband, uh huh, and then put George's hand through the wristband and held him by the wrist and whipped him in a circle. Wow! And what was crazy to me was George had seen it before. He was using his daddy as leverage to run up the walls and across beds. <laughs> things you can't do unless you got right, you know, a, a counterweight. Right, I, mean, right, I right. never seen somebody get whooped and run up the bed and up the wall and then land and then get another whoop. Oh, wow. And the dad is just whooping them all around. And I was like, good it's God. Some synchronized shit. They just practiced it. Man, it was. And, and now it's funny. At the time, I was like, oh, I don't never want to be whooped like this. Hell no. Please just hit me with an extension cord. <laughs> I never seen no whooping like that. Well, have you ever gotten a whipping whereas your mom and your and your dad get into a heated altercation just to see who's gonna whip you first? They, no, they fighting each other just to get to your ass. No, but one time my mom was like, "That's enough." Oh no, hell no! <laughs> get him again. I'm you tired? Come on, I, I, I'll take over. Because yeah, my dad was like, "Didn't I tell you we need more?" Time on the mortgage. My mom was like, okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah, you whipping yeah, it for other nah. stuff. So you, 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 your whipping is totally different. <laughs> right. Your, your whipping is totally different from mine. Have you ever been whipped by one of your siblings? Your mama picked up your brother and beat your ass. Absolutely not. I see. Hey, see, but see I'm 12 years behind my closest siblings. So okay, yeah, yeah. See, you would have to whip me with a whole grown up person. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, picked up my brother and beat my ass with my brother. I'm like, how the fuck did you do Man, that? I saw another whipping that was crazy too. My cousin's house. He had friends over it, and something broke in the room. I don't know what it was. I think uh-huh. it was one of the video game consoles. And the dad of the the friends that was over there was like a neighbor or something. This is a tall, skinny dude. Look, like Leon Spinks. He had a, a, a jerry <laughs> curl. And so he comes in, and he's like, no, nah, I'm whooping everybody in the room. He, I guess he came in and asked, like, who broke it? Who broke it? Who broke it? And it right, was quiet. Right. So he was like, All right, everybody getting the whooping. He oh, had yeah. three kids, a little one, medium, and a big one. And he's like... And 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 my cousin actually is the one that broke it. Mm-hmm. But he quiet. He broke his own thing. Mm-hmm. And they in there, and they got what he had. But he had them sit, get down on their knees in front of the tub, mm. and then lean their, their their torso onto the lip of the tub, and then and then pants side like cheek 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 like right. all down the line, and then he whipped them. At the same time. Wow. Like, thrack, thrack. <laughs> and you could just hear. Thrack, thrack. <laughs> and my cousin's out there like, I broke it. Stop hitting him. Oh, my God. The dad is still there. Ain't that enough? Yeah. And I mean, and you can hear. Thrack, thrack. I mean, eight minutes. Like, it felt like forever. Like, God. They didn't even do it. And like a washboard. Thrack. Yeah. They was, he, that was that was the word. And I didn't even see that whooping. But I could imagine. I just heard it. Like, how do you get all six cheeks in that, one? That's a long ass bill. Man, they came out like nothing had happened. Pulling all, uh, man, we just want to play one of the other games that is on. All yeah. quiet. I'm like, good lord. Hey, man, I, I, I think they need to bring those tight weapons back. So let's fast forward. Mm-hmm. So now you're in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a uh, that's a famous city for the school that it's in. Right, it's an Indian word that means also means nothing to do, nigga, because it ain't shit to do. Got nothing to do, but football. But 
in cities like that, mm-hmm. where it's a college town, a lot of the kids that grow up in that town want to go to the same college that they're at. You didn't right. do that. Right. You went to Stillman. I went to Stillman. Stillman is in Tuscaloosa as well. It's an HBCU in Tuscaloosa. See, I thought it was on a, on a different city. I thought no, no, Stillman no. was closer to Mobile. No, no, no. Stillman's in Tuscaloosa. Okay. So you I, were like, I can either go to, to this um, you know, predominantly white institution, or mm-hmm. I can go on to Stillman, and I'm going to go. I went I, as a matter of fact, I went to Troy State first to play really? football. Troy, it was Troy State back in the day, but now it's, it's Troy University. That didn't work out, so I transferred back home to Steelman. And uh, hey, it went from there, man. Well, hold on, man. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, when we just transferring from a school to a school is a big deal, man. That's a tumultuous thing. What happened? Uh, shit, didn't work out. Football, none of that didn't work out. I mean, I I went with uh, the wrong intentions. Just wanted to go and hang out and do whatever, and then actually did not work out. You know, but I found out the hard way that's not what college is about. Mm. So, you know, I went home uh, for, uh, I think, a year. Got my head together and, you know, enrolled in Stillman, of course. I disappointed the, the family, but, you know, those things happened. That was one of my my, my uh, years of growing pains, you know. I had to learn, you know. So you hit the ground at Stillman with a different intention than oh, you were Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Okay. So now you're like, all right, this is my second chance. Let's I didn't get know it. this was going to happen. Let's, Let's get it. really get it. Let's get it. And so how long were you at Troy State? Um, I should have had a semester. So you made it six months. I made it six months. Then went home for a year. Uh huh. Then came back to Stillman. Right. And in that second semester of your freshman year, you start doing stand up. Yeah. So you go back to college, going, "I'm about to be serious about college," and end up doing stand up. Less than hosting all the step shows. Eight weeks after you're there, everything. So tell me how that happens. Man, you know what? I but was, I mean, I, I want to know on the level of like, how does, how do they trust you with the step show? Hey, man, you know what? What were I, you doing I, on the I yard? Was, I was always the liveest dude anyway. You know, just because uh, I mean, I, I, I love just having fun. Just mm-hmm, being out there, mm-hmm. just doing my thing. And they just like, hey, dude, you are the host of step shows. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, no problem. So started doing it. Got really good at it. Started uh, hosting step shows at other schools. Did the statewide Greek shows. I mean, my name really grew with doing step shows. Right. So when I, because you know, I would add comedy in between, trying stuff and all that, and it started working out. And, um, you know, I think we were hosting a homecoming step show and a comedy show. And Ricky Smiley showed up. He was a, he was a comic. And he saw me. He was like, hey, man, you know what? You ought to. Gotta try this comedy thing. I'm like for real, me? Wait. Yeah. Ricky said that. Ricky. Then Ricky Smiley said, Yeah, man, you ought to try to try this comedy thing. I'm like, cool. No BS. That's what's up. Uh I don't see that. I swear to God. All right. Let, now we're gonna we're yeah, we gonna get deeper. Yeah. <laughs> I, get yeah, deep. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see it either, but it, it happened. I'm gonna say my interaction with Ricky Smiley. Uh, yeah, let me, and let, I just yeah. don't see him man, let uplifting me tell you, a, a college student telling them that they uh, should keep going. Dude. Maybe he just saw so maybe you were so young and so fresh that he was like, I can give some advice you, to him. You know what? I think that he's I think that when he told me that, I think it was like a a dare or something like that. Like, you know what? You ought to start doing comedy. But he never had an idea that I was going to take him up on it. Huh. So now, you know, uh, I'm going all over the place. Ricky Smiley, you know, um, working for free, getting my chops up. I mean, all over the place. Right. You know, I was just excited to be doing it. Right. And uh, eventually I became his opener. Wow. I became his opener. And um, uh, when I graduated, I got a good job or whatever and this and that. You know, he gave me this story. Man, yeah, you my opener. We're going to make it big. We're going to do all this. Cool. It was, it was me, Doug Williams. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ray Ray. 
No. Uh, he just he, he passed away like probably 10 years ago. Uh, Ray Russell, really good guy. Uh, him and uh, Rick Smiley. And I was working at this place called Toyota Rent-A-Car. Okay. I would rent the cars. And sometimes I get them for free because my, my boss was so cool. He saw my, my vision. Right. Like, man, like, I'm Y'all need a car. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. We were driving everywhere, dog, from Alabama, Oklahoma. I mean, everywhere. Wow. You know, me being the driver because I'm the new, new jack. And it's just so I can get on shows. And, I mean, things. and the car full. It's you, car, Ricky, Ricky, Ray Ray, uh-huh, and, and Doug. Doug Wheaton. Yeah, just, just rolling, you know. And I'm thinking I'm living a life. But I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and eventually I started getting paid or whatever. Um Long story short, I uh, started picking up in the comedy business. Started getting better on stage or whatever. Next thing I know, uh, I'm getting kicked off shows. Getting kicked off shows. Now I'm and I and I go to him. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm you know, it's me and my son. We got this one bedroom apartment, and this is my only source of income. And you know, what's up? Oh man, you know, I talk to the promoter. You know how they do. I talk to him, see what's going on. But not knowing what I know now, you're the headliner. So you get to choose who you want on your show. So got kicked off the shows or whatever. A lot of other things happened. Later on in my career, I talked to these same promoters, and I found out it was him that was kicking me off these shows. Yeah, so I was going to say. It was kicking me. Now, let me preface what I'm about to say with I'm a Ricky Smiley fan in regards to Mm – what this brother can do with the microphone and like what he does when it's showtime. Right. My God. I mean, I've seen him tear down. I'm not just talking about like what we all saw in Comic View. I'm talking about he came and did the showware center and it was just incredible. He right. used, it was a theater venue and he was doing stuff like getting off the stage and standing on the speakers mm-hmm. and getting closer to the crowd and hitting, doing the bass guitar. Like it was right. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was on the same show. Had a stellar set. Mm-hmm. Came up to him after as a young comic and also fraternity member. Not just a set, a Frat stellar brother. set. Stellar. It wasn't just, a, I mean, it was the showware center. It was 4,000 people. In other words, in other and I, and I you ripped it up. People were like, where was the opener from? Like, it was like that. Like, yeah, yeah, from yeah. here. From here. Right. That right, was right. What the response. Right, right, right. And so then I get off stage. And uh, you know, I, I go straight to Ricky. Ricky, oh my God, I'm such a fan, man. You, 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 man, you are doing. It. I've been following you since the prank tapes. I've been following you since. You right, know what I mean? Right, I, right. Man, I was a little boy, and Ricky Smiley was, you know. And he was like, "Yeah, listen, man, what you need is a tagline that can go on a shirt." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and walked off. And I was like, uh, no, uh, brother, we supposed to go on tour. We supposed to uh, start a future together. Hold on, did he hit you with the, yeah. Yeah, that's what you got to do. <laughs> In other words, he was, he was like, all right, all, all right. Yeah. He might as well be like, I'm Ricky Smiley. Good night. Like, he, that's yeah, how he did. Yeah. I was like, wow. That's how we're doing the, uh, damn. Yeah, and for ladies and gentlemen, for, for, for y'all that don't know that, yeah, I mean, get the fuck on. Basically, and <laughs> now let's just let's 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 get, get your ass out let, my let me, face. Let me give yeah. Ricky some grace and say, okay, maybe I was that young of a comic, or uh, I was feeling myself, or whatever material I said worked for me at that point in my career. But as an OG looking at that, you're like, you got something, but it ain't enough for me to. Here's a gym, nigga. Right. Sell some shirts. You know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Right. But the disposition that it comes from right right that you right, have right. to already be set in <laughs> to then tell somebody that who is looking at you 
just shiny eyed. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready talking to go. Puss in boots, asking Shrek for something. Yeah. Just, it's you. Right. And he turned around and, and get just you. pat you on the head, like, get your yeah. little ass to put the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Back. I said, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ah, uh, he told you to get the fuck on with. Well, work. the lesson I yeah. learned was if that happens to me, handle just 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 a little bit more finesse, a little bit more. Uh, I care about you. Give me some. I care some, about you. Can I get some? Can I get some? Uh, uh, some give a fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Give me a handshake. With all that said, if Ricky's like, I'm gonna come to your club, dog. We gonna talk about. I'm gonna give him real. We gonna do it. All right, let's make it happen. Make, and make I'm gonna be happen. like, hey, I don't know if you remember. Oh my god! But uh, <laughs> he gonna look at you like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, get the fuck out on again. No, we're gonna do a podcast. I'm gonna be like, let me tell you why you's a bitch. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> nah. But um, invite no. me in. Invite me in. <laughs> you want it on that one? What? What? <laughs> yeah, three hour long podcast. It's gonna it's gonna go long that day. Hey man, but hey, shout out to Ricky man. He's doing his thing, man. And uh, you know, I, I don't have any bad blood, man. We just I'm doing my thing. He's doing. His is and we're gonna keep it moving word that's and, it and i'm honest and forthright so i just shoot the shit about the experiences that i had and keep it moving and if i don't talk about them people don't know i had them i right. sit in here day after day uh-huh with my assistant and interns and the stuff they talk about i'm like that's the homie and that's the homie and that's the homie right right you know jesus and marrow i'm like <laughs> yeah what's <laughs> what about i guess people give you the grace that they as far as they could see. Could see. Right. Not knowing what may be what really is. And I'm not in here tooting my horn and be like, right, yes, right, right. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Like it has to organically come up for me to be like, yeah, so I was at that. Yeah, I was there. I know my experience. So yeah. So good. speaking of experiences, I want to know two of the most surreal things that comedy has allowed in your life. Um, number one is allowed me to um create my own scholarship fund. Okay, yeah. when I say surreal, I mean like, mm-hmm. so you create the fund, mm-hmm. and then the moment is like you're at that graduation. Right. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Like, like I need two of them. <sighs> Let me see. Mm-hmm. Take your time. We're going deep. <laughs> you sound like somebody in church. You know, when, when you actually see somebody walk across the stage, you know, and achieve their goals based on what you've done in the background to help them, mm-hmm. you're like, damn, I really helped this guy or young lady did this, do this. And to me, that really made me feel a whole lot prouder than me actually getting these TV credits I've got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just really, really cool, man. And it's it's just one of those indescribable moments where you're like, damn, you know, I actually use my craft to, you know, uplift and, and help others succeed and, and give them a chance to to better their lives. And and you know, you, you think about stuff like that. And, you know, to some people it's small, but to me, you know. No, it, that's it, not small. That's, that's massive. Yeah. And, and and for the sake of you saying that, I'll talk straight to camera, break the fourth wall, and explain this with a little bit more detail. So you can go to stevebrown.com. stevewbrown.com. stevewbrown.com and see that this man has his own scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. And what he does is through his merch sales or other um, way means of raising money or even giving a portion of his proceeds that he makes from doing gigs is he is putting people through college to the tune of 109 graduates to date. It's mm. really massive. Yeah. Now ask yourself how many people you know who, who oh, let me back up a little bit. It's not, oh, we found a high school senior with wonderful grades and we're just going to, you know, pay, nah. pay their way. No. This is somebody 
who's a senior who could graduate if they had the finances to finish out school. Mm-hmm. And we bridge that gap, and we and uh and they walk. Like that is a huge testament to the size yeah. of your heart, and uh you know, and that fourth principle as a cue. And you know what, dog? Let me say this too. You know, and and sometimes it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. And, and you, know, you have a lot of scholarships that that are helping people start. Yep. But you never have. You don't. You don't. You see very few to none that's going to actually help you finish. And I'm like, you know what? Let me be on the back end, and let me let me and let me help these people see it through. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's what the Steve Brown Scholarship Fund is about, and it's it's doing well, man. You know, I, and I raised a couple of funds last night right here at your club, man. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. Dope. Second surreal moment. <sighs> but this is this I want to be. You were somewhere where you're like, I cannot believe my thoughts, ideas, and just the, the stupid shit I'm saying on stages uh-huh. put me physically here. Def Jam. Um, I did Def Jam. You thought uh, about that hard and long? Because that was a pretty quick answer. Dude, let me tell you something. I did Def Jam, and, and this particular episode didn't air because I didn't have any representation. Went in there, uh, Steve Harvey was the host. So okay. you know how long ago that was. He yeah. was the host. And um, I did my set, got a standing O. And after he got off stage, you know, he walked up to me. You know, I'm like, oh, Steve Harvey, it's you. Oh, man. He was like, look, let me tell you something. Your stage presence, you know, with those jokes and your, your energy, you're going to you, be big in this industry. You're going to be big in this industry. Hadn't happened yet. Hadn't happened yet. Steve, you just a goddamn lie. But <laughs> listen, but let me tell you something. That made me, I, man, I almost fucking melted. Let me tell you what I did now. It was like probably the where we shot Def Jam. It was probably like three miles from our hotel. We got limos to the, to the venue yeah. and back. Dude. After he told me that, ran home. I ran all the way to my to my hotel, called my mom crying uh. on the phone. Mom, Steve Harvey said I was going to make it. He saw my set, and he loved it, and this and that. Dude, I, I, that was like, I mean, that was, I, I felt like I was in heaven, man. I felt like I had already made it, dog. When, when I got back to Tuscaloosa, man, mm-hmm. you can talk to me. Why? I felt like I made it. Mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> Steve uh, talked to me, and he, I, I was deaf after that. Uh, you can't, you can you can't, you, man. I, I was so, I, man. I, I was, I was on cloud, cloud twenty one, bro. I uh, I'm gonna tell you two from me. All right. So, uh, as a kid, wilding out, I really respected the brand. Uh huh. Um, I still do, but as a kid, like I was. Literally, if it was stand up, I probably watched Ricky Smiley mm-hmm. or prank tapes. I listened probably to Ricky Smiley. Uh-huh. When it came to what was on TV, Wildin' Out was just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Cat Williams, Spanky Hayes, like back mm-hmm. when it first started. Right when the comics, when everything, when everything didn't rhyme. Right, right. When you right, could right. just come out and be hilarious. Right, and it was just like a bunch of loose, talented cannons, and they're mm-hmm. just trying to. Capture it all with 12 cameras. Right. That's when I was like, wow. So when I booked Wildin' Out, mm. after trying to get it for three or four years and finally getting it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rat race. It's a lot of go, 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 go. You know what I mean? All y'all got to be over there. All y'all got to be over mm-hmm. here. You got to be right here. You got to da, da, And so right before um, 
our first day, it was it was on our first day that we were going to tape, and they brought everybody out to the sound stage, and then uh, Niall Evans, the showrunner, who's he's um, he's dope as he's dope as fuck. Mm -hmm. He gives a whole speech about how we're kicking it off. We're kicking off the season. We say a prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try to do nothing. Special, just do what you're here for. Like right. we already know everybody's skills. So your goddamn Kick job, at, yeah. Do your job. I'll do my job, and this is gonna be another successful season. This is season eight of this shit. We know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Everybody, kick ass. Y'all come together, and you know, you know, say say we got this on or whatever we said. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. You know, Nick is like make him say incredible. I'm like no, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. We do, you know, hip hip parade. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right. right after that, everybody's boom, they gone. Some people going to go to the smoking area. Other people going to go get a cocktail. Other people going to just go sit. Other people going to just go clear their mind. Niles, everybody's going to start running the production and stuff. And um, I was still standing there like I don't really have nowhere to go, anywhere to be yet. <laughs> and so I'm standing on the sta the sound stage, no uh -huh. audience in building yet. Right. And the whole thing is on. Like, Wild and Out is going by on the marquees. Uh -huh. And the cameramen are moving cameras and moving things. Is standing on the run. I'm standing front and center like, I'm here. Holy shit. Ah. Nigga, I done made it to Wild and the fuck out. <laughs> and then Niall's voice came over the PA. Get the fuck off the sound stage. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. And I leave. But that was a crazy surreal one. Right? And then here's another one. So um, I get hit up. I can't remember how I got hit up, but I was to go do um, some shows in the UAE uh -huh. um, and get over there after an 18 hour flight or whatever, get mm. all set up, um, sleep in a weird pattern so that my body adjusts as fast as I could. And then uh, I did a show in what was like a, a industrial park mm -hmm. in a shoe store. Oh wow! It was packed though. I mean, it was it was like an upper, it was like a, a, a high end shoe store, right? And you know, shoe stores are really wide open. It uh -huh. really is a good place for a show because all the shoes on the wall, right, right, right. They just had all the chairs in there, and I did mm -hmm. maybe 120 people, right. and there was uh, and it was a great time. So after we go to this restaurant, and I don't know where it was, but I do know it was near the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building on earth. Okay, and uh, we weren't we weren't we weren't up high. We were down low, and we sat down to eat. And you go across these, it's like a, you go into a restaurant and then it opens up into like a patio courtyard kind of situation. And there's like a, a right. lazy lagoon river kind of thing out there. Okay. It's nighttime. Everything is lit with candles. There's rich white people everywhere. I'm talking like, they look like they're Swiss, German, just like wearing daisy rich, rich and short, white. just rich and white. Rich and white. Wearing Toms, but they're not Toms. They're, right. they're whatever they Thomas are from their country. Thomas yeah. is. Just money is exuding. And right, everybody's right. got, you know, crystal... Uh, things with ice in it and champagne, and they're all popping by. Like these people were spending right inheritances, rich, rich. Okay, and we get sat down. And first of all, I'm the only black, we're the only black people there. Mm. It's me, the promoter, and then three UAE like people from I don't know what you call Dubaians. Right. And you went, but you went rich. Absolutely not. Right. Only but 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 they know like oh that's an African American. Like mm -hmm. I'm wearing Nike or whatever. They know that's African American. If he's here, he's someone of influence. Right. Because this is a very long way away from slavery. Or well, he's working. No, because all of the workers, that, that the working class in Dubai is all Filipinos. Mm. So they know you're not working. Right. And like, and you can be at this place with us, and I'm the guy that designs Audis or whatever. Mm. He's someone. I just don't know who he is. And right. they're literally like, the waitress is like, excuse me, um, what you do? They want to know who you are. Oh, wow. 
Right. So <laughs> you whispering back to the waitress. But I sit down at the table, and so um, there's like a little. It's not a bridge. It's like a you know like those little ones. Like people may have it over a goldfish pond. Right. 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 We go over that, and they sit us at this table that's in the center of this whole courtyard restaurant. We're surrounded by it looked like the UN. Mm. Like the nat, like where they vote, <laughs> right, right, right. And we're at the like spotlight seat or whatever. And I'm sitting there, and all these people were looking at us, and that, and and that was not that wasn't really the surreal moment. The surreal moment was I was like, huh, and I looked down, and under the water was lit by these little, like say, goldfish pond lights, right. And a tortoise, like this long, mm-hmm. just gracefully swims under. Us and I'm, I watched it, and then it went under the thing. It went under us, and it came up the other side, and it stopped. And then its little head popped up, and it spun around, and it was just like it was like it was looking at me. <laughs> what the fuck you doing here? And then it went, and then it went back, and it was gone. And I was like, How did stand up comedy get me here? Like <laughs> a peaceful ass tortoise sitting, yeah, like a like a big ass. Tor- this is a desert. This tortoise don't even know where it's at. Right, like it shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be there, <laughs> and we're, I'm just like, this is nuts. Like jokes. Like I'm a fat kid from Lacey. You like, know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I should not be in Dubai, and you are surrounded by rich people and tortoises. And it's just, a, it's a testament to what is gonna happen. Right. But I, but it, but it was wildly surreal. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. Speaking of wilding out, man. So, so what do you think wilding out is done for comedy? No, I'm interviewing you. So. <laughs> Instead of surreal moments, you're not going to flip it. I got this. So what I want to know is, right? This is what I want to know. I tried it. Yeah. So let's say, so let's say if the, if, if there's a spectrum, right? And surreal is like a mind blowing, you know, it's a mind boggling experience. Uh huh. Positive. What is something that happened? We were like, I can't believe this shit is happening to me. <sighs> Not Again, the positive tip The negative shit I mean I don't want to get too negative But I want to know like what Where you be like I can't even believe For what I've done And who I am What I've been through And all the whoopings I took That this is how, where I'm at Of course the guy running on stage I could not believe that shit Oh Steve I couldn't believe it I don't have to ask you about that No why <laughs> You just tell me Oh my god Yes all right, well, let me tell you what I thought happened. All right, go ahead. Let me tell you what you thought happened. That's you on stage at a show in uh-huh. a venue. It is packed. You uh-huh. rocking. Right. Somebody heckles. You lay into them, uh-huh. and you give them the wrath of your granddaddy whooping your ass, but verbal lashing. Uh-huh. The man can't take it. So he jumps on the stage because he don't got no jokes to get back at. He's like, well, I'm going to touch him up. They don't have enough security. It's running wild. And this is when the camera starts filming that everyone sees the video. Right. So now you got a guy on stage swinging, throwing a stool, swinging a mic stand. Everything. Trying to do everything. And you're agile, Uh mobile, and hostile. You're staying out of the reach of everything. This motherfucker's rhyming. Yeah, bars. (laughs) You're staying out of the reach of everything. Uh And then they finally coerce this man off stage out into the lobby of this Comedy club, uh-huh. and then he comes back inside the with show with his shirt off, shirt off, looking for more smoke. Uh, hey, it happened, bro. It happened, and, and it I- all happened because you didn't know how to deal with a heck. Now that's what it looked like on the video. That's what. It Could you like. tell me what it was? Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, oh, first of all, am I right? Uh, no, you're okay. totally wrong. Oh. You're totally wrong. <laughs> okay. All right, so okay, now you saw me perform several times. 
Yes. I and you saw. I don't know if you saw that I had a heckler, a white lady. And you talking about? I've seen you perform in life. Yeah, I mean, like, no, like, I've like, been following your career since you had dreads. Oh, don't do that. Okay, so, <laughs> so you followed my career until I had the one dread that was hanging on like you a clip on Stevie tie. Wonder. Right, I had to look one dread. You and had like, that Stevie Wonder. That little clip on tie. One sneeze and it was out of there. It was out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I woke up one, one morning. That bitch was on my pillow. But look, <laughs> all right. So you saw me? Did you see me last night? I don't know. If, I know you. You're the owner. You're doing your thing or whatever. Okay, you saw. I don't know if you saw. I had a, a white heckler or whatever, like white lady. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, ma'am, let me do this and this and that. That's that's how I am. I don't I don't. Yeah, but white women don't be respecting the black comics' request for them to be quiet. So yeah. you did that, and I followed up with the. Um, if you don't be quiet, I'm gonna kick you out. The man's working up there. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's what it was. Oh, 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 I don't want to be kicked out. They don't want to uh, be embarrassed. Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, I'm doing my show. It was a club in Columbia, South Carolina, called the Comedy House. Comedy right. House. The Comedy House. Columbia, yes. South Carolina. Oh uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, Columbia. And um, doing my thing, enjoying myself. Now this guy. Um, he was only in like the second row. And when I tell you, he was so into the fucking show. He was laughing his ass off. No problems. He didn't say anything to me. I didn't say anything to him. Uh, later on during my show, he just stands up and stops looking and just starts looking in the space like, but no reason. He just stares off. Just stares off. You know? How he look? Just, hmm. just, just crazy. You know? I do it one more time. I want to make sure the camera well, yeah, 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 yeah. Zoom in. Maybe he had some in his mind. He did this couple. Look times. at this camera right here. All right, I'm ready. But take the glasses off, and then we both look the same. All time. right, you ready? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All let's right, go. Let's go. He shifted a little bit. Right there. No, I'm still. Like still. Man. All right, there we go. All right, all right so, so then what happened? All right. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so I get concerned, just like any other comic would a performer, because you know they're standing up, just staring in the space. Second row. At your show, second row. Mm. Everybody's looking at them They're taking attention away from you So like my man You you good? So he's just standing there And his girl I guess comes to console him To see what's going on Soon as she put her hand on his shoulder He socks the shit out of her I wow. mean like Super socks her So now they're fighting Then his mom tries to jump in He push her down Push her down Push her down So now just like a complete melee Because his family member's fighting him Right And then now You know People, other people are getting involved because, of course, if you, you there with your girl and she mess around and catch a straight punch, you, right. know, you jumping into right. it. It was like a melee. Plus, it's a guy hitting women. So right, right, right. So too. he's going crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there like, ain't this a bitch? This is crazy. Do I, I mean, are they going to stop this shit? Or am I, am I going to get to finish my show? Right. So in the midst of all this, we make eye contact. We make eye contact. Here he comes towards the stage. First of all, when somebody is really going off or or has mental issues, eye contact is all it takes. Imagine every time that you come out of a store and looked at the panhandler. They don't even have, you got a dollar? As yep. soon as you lock eyes, yep. you became a mark. You, your ass has now become someone who's about to make a donation. Yeah. As soon as you make eye contact. Eye contact. I make eye contact with this dude. Motherfucker. He comes starts to, I'm like, dog, come on, come on, man, really. Next thing you know, he's on stage. So, of course, you know, I do the boxing thing. So I did what I was taught to do. I, I faced up with him and kept him off me. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and um, I, I had to make some rational decisions. I mean, I didn't know at the time, but, you know, I, I could have fought him and engaged and all that. But I was thinking about my pockets. I was thinking about getting docked, all that. Um, so he started swinging. He started swinging. And this is actually when people caught it, you know, because he, they caught him after probably 
three or four swings. He was swinging, missing. You know, I'm, I'm right, slipping right. him and all that. So when 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 y'all, my man was like seven feet away, right. trying to punch, trying to punch. He just swinging his ass off. So now he gets tired. Right. He gets tired. So he, he's thinking to himself, damn, I can't hit this motherfucker. He just he's just moving, you know. So he picks up a mic stand. He swings that, misses the base of the mic stand. Hits a wall, hits some lady. She gets injured, you know. Four stitches. Yeah, yeah. Fucked her up. You know what I'm saying? So then he the uh, he's still swinging the mic stand. He catch me right here on my forearm. Uh-huh. I got a stitch. He opened me up a little bit, you know. So two then, stitches. Yeah, right, right. So so then he picks up a bar stool. Right. He throws the bar stool. Hits me. I think on my hip. One stitch. <laughs> no stitches. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, ripped jeans. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, after he hits me with the bar stool, he just pops out of it and starts walking off stage like nothing happened. Wow. Okay, then um, the one security guard got knocked, they got knocked the fuck down previously. He walks him out into the showroom. Yeah. He, he gets behind him. He's walking behind him. So we're thinking it's all over. They're taking me to, they took me to the green room. And next thing I know, this motherfucker come back in with his shirt off. But right. the security guy doesn't show up. Why he not? clocks out and gets the fuck in his car and leave. Like, you know, I, this, 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 okay, hold up. First of all, quit. if I'm he a- just <laughs> left is, is funny. Clocking out Isn't before it- he left <laughs> is hysterical. <laughs> During like, the fight uh, with a crazy dude, he's uh, like, man, let me uh, just yeah, get yo, my I'm ass get my, get get my goddamn hours. And, yeah, <laughs> clock, clock, it, it, didn't see him no more that night. He went, and if you look at the video, he went out b- behind the guy like he was going to do some shit. So he was still working. Right, he was still working, but. He went outside like, man, you got it, bro. I'm right, gone. Right, right, right. But, but the dude comes back in, mm-hmm. but the security guy never shows up. Mm. So now. He's back in there, and people are still, like, you know, holding other people back from him and all this. So next thing you know, the guys from the kitchen, they come out, they jump on stage. and they, Cooks. The cooks. So now we got another problem, because now we got people, food coming out late, wings burning, <laughs> fries and shit, all that. So, right. You know, and then do you know the club had the audacity to try to dock me that night? Oh, to pay you less because somebody went crazy at your show. Exactly. They tried to blame it on me and everything, man. And honestly, I went through a a little stint of depression because they really tried to, you know, fix it up. Like, I started the whole thing. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Because I I heard the manager himself said, man, this is going to be a social media shitstorm because we don't have any security. He said that out of his mouth. And every time, I don't know if you... Well, I believe you because shitstorm... Isn't what black people usually exactly. Say. Now check this out. Now and when it hit the media, mm-hmm. the first question everybody was asking was, "Where's what the does Steve do? Oh, what did I do? That's what I said. What does Steve do? No, and where it's, the hell it's, is it's security? security? Everybody was asking, "Where's security? Either the club or your team? Where's Somebody it? had to say, "Man, I'm gone, dude." We were on stage for at least probably two or three minutes. Yeah, that's a long ass time. And that's when I that the video I saw was like five or six. You were full on viral. I think you were on World Star. Oh man, I was on TMZ and all that. And I was like, I thought yeah, they're like comedian Steve Brown, Columbia, South Carolina last night. Williams, William, and the thing is, man, I thought back to that surreal moment. Steve Harvey finally made it. Yeah. That's what you thought back to? I thought back I, to I, Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that that's what you channel. Hell no. Because when he was trying to hit you, I saw a kid getting out of range mm-hmm. of his granddaddy belt. Oh, man, yeah. Them whoopings kept you from taking an ass whooping that night. Dude, let me tell you something, man. Because you can't afford to whoop him, even though you're able to. 
Exactly, because you, because you, I don't know what type of shit I would have gotten into. You know what I'm saying? Gun so, play. So, so the thing is, man, I just kept him in front of me, mm-hmm. but kept him off me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, again, the the club tried to flip it and just really ruin me. They 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 put me they blackball. They tried to do everything, man. Told comedy clubs don't book me and all that. But another thing that really uh, came out of that, just hilarious. I don't know if you you heard about that. No. Um, the club owner Gary Abdo. Who uh, was he? Was good friends. Gary uh, owned Columbia. No, he owns the uh, Atlanta County Theater. Right, but he was good friends with the guy Peter, who runs it. I like Gary. Right. Okay. So, are, are we good with Gary? Gary's okay. He's all, but Gary's a businessman. You know, he getting you know how how to business. He gonna is. do a deal. He gonna do a deal. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, at this time Gary was managing Jess Hilarious. Now, okay. I go to the hospital that night. I leave that morning. All right, on my way home, I'm getting all types of phone calls, all types of phone calls, man. You know, Jess Hilarious is going in on you on 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 um social media, saying you started to fight. This is what you get, and this and this and this and this and that. And this and that. Come to find out, now I never met Jess Jess Hilarious. Okay. Come to find out, Gary, uh, Peter made a deal with Gary, and Gary got Jess to do that since she was so hot on social media. Uh-huh. So I'll try to so so in other words to make everybody think that I was at fault. Oh, if Jess Hilarious said it, and she's going in on you. And so Peter owns the Columbia. No, Peter was the manager. Peter he, was the one that said shitstorm. Shitstorm. But and they, like, and hey, they Gary, had, do me a favor. Right, and they already they already concocted it while I was at the hospital. Now is that hearsay? No, that's the no say. How did you get from watching it, piecing that together to all right? This is actual facts. Like this, this is was, facts. Conspiracy to ruin me. How did you get like where did who came to you with the look? This is what happened, bro. I tell you, I put a little tea like this. One of the bros knew somebody that knew just hilarious, and she said what she what, what she was told to do to, huh. to a good friend of hers who was a boyfriend of one of the bros. Wait, uh huh. A uh-huh. boyfriend of one of the bros? One, one, no, the girl is a boyfriend. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, gotcha I'm sorry. Gotcha. I don't want to put that bullshit out there. So, yeah, so it got back to me. You know, okay. I got the call personally. So I'm like, because I was wondering, like, why would this girl attack me and I don't even know her? Mm. So, so it, it was, she tried to make the public think that I started it and I got what was coming to me. I, I'm always fucking with somebody. I'm always doing this and this and that. I ain't no real comic and this and that. Now, Jess Hilarious is telling me this. So, you know. Steve Brown and me, I retaliated, and you know we went back and forth for a minute, and she finally gave up because she she didn't know I had so much perseverance. You know, I, I, I'm like, bitch, you're not gonna win. I'm sorry. So we did that, and she went away, and we kept it moving. Hmm. And yeah, so I met Jess a few times. She's always been cool. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if that is like I would like to be a fly on the wall mm-hmm. to hear the other side of that because maybe you should interview. Her. I, I'll have to, but it just sounds like she was put up to it. But it sound, but when 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 this is what I found in 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 my experiences, it could very well be true. Mm-hmm. But when you have a source that is okay, your the person that told you is close to somebody who was in the middle is a mutual. Yeah. Some the, the person the person told, that told you isn't even the mutual. The person that told you is the boyfriend of the mutual. So mm. you got the boyfriend, then you got the mutual, then you right. got the source. Then the source is telling you, well, I'm not really the source. Mm. Actually, my manager, who's another middle person in this, mm-hmm. was told to do it by that. That is six degree. It, like that, there's too much room for it to be messy. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't. I wonder how close what your interpretation of it is, and what the bruh said mm-hmm. is to the exact truth. Mm-hmm. It could have been something as simple as we all saw that same video and just needed to put out some content. Mm. I well, you know what? From what he told me, that's what it was. I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm not. I don't and, know. And, and, and it, it could have been that way. But the thing is, it, it was just so ironic because the thing is, you gotta understand something. I didn't know Jess. Okay, and it and it and it it hit. The video hit like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but we be up. Were you mm-hmm. making content based on the videos that go? Uh, no. Bro, you were on Shade Room, World Star, Grind Face. I was on all that a day or two later. This- but one of them had a one of them had the whole f- skirmish, mm-hmm. and you hadn't even made it back to your room yet. It was already online. Wow, I was probably in the hospital then, getting stitched up. But definitely those two stitches. No, you the, was in there for about six, seven minutes. They just the shit. I was in there. I was, man, I, dude. Let me tell you something. They must have stitched you up after the lady that got dude, hit by the dude. Microphone. Let me tell you something, man. I was in the emergency room for so long, and then I called the club. They wouldn't even answer the phone. I called the I called the owner. They wouldn't even answer the phone because I found that I had got docked. Because I think one of the workers from the club they got hurt. They were in there as well, mm-hmm. and I called them. This is this this is why. I like, you know what, this is that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no. And that's when I, I called my attorney the next morning and we handled it. You know what I'm saying? Because they treated me like I was the fucking villain. Mm. You know, and they tried to throw me under the bus because they were going through that so-called shit storm because everybody was on them. So, like, where was security? So let's say prior to this whole thing. I was cool. And the club was cool. The, they were cool. And you liked the club and all of that was cool. But all then this cool. happened. Mm-hmm. And, then you're and like, they showed me who the fuck they were. They showed me who they mm. were, and they, and they and they pretty much sacrificed my brand to keep theirs. And it was just business. I get it, but at the same time, I wasn't gonna let it ride. I mean, they really went out of their way to make it seem like I was the 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 aggressor. I started it. I was, you know, I I did it, and and that really really bothered me, you know, because I'm like, dude, I don't really have those problems like that, you know. I I mean, of course, we're gonna all have you know issues with hecklers every once in a while, but. You know, to that extent, and then come to find out the guy was mentally ill, just gotten out of prison, um, going through some stuff, drinking, not taking his medicine, and pretty much he had a panic attack mm. and and went off. And it was a totally isolated incident. But because they didn't have security, mm-hmm. they had to build it up like, yeah, he was heckling the guy. He was messing mm-hmm. around this and this and that and this and that. So it was all his fault. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't going for that. You know? And it's just the way that they presented it in the press, or we can call it press, I guess, when you see the blogs and all that stuff on the internet. It was like, I, I was like, man. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I got to say this now. Some, a, lot of the, a lot of the press that I saw, they took my side. They really did. They looked out for me because it was like the, the, the question was where is security and, and, and how did this happen? And I mean, and. and oh, I, that turned into a. So the, the conversation started to shift into. Where is security? And, oh, these clubs need more security. Mm-hmm. When, uh, I want to say, Lunell made a major post about it mm-hmm. and showed the clip and was like, how the fuck does this happen? Not Yeah, shout out to Lunell. She did a good job. She she was there with me 100% the whole time. She called, check on me, all that stuff. It all, And then it happened with Ricky Smiley at Time of Tease. Then... A couple of weeks later... They ran up on, on Ricky on, Smiley. On stage, right. And then DC couple, just knocked somebody out... Right. At Tommy T's. Right, okay, and then another thing, and then at that same club, somebody ran up on Donnell Rollins. At Tommy T's? No, at the club I was at. at. Columbia. Same thing. Well, get, I just want to say, I want to <laughs> say this. I've never been to the to the Columbia Comedy House, but I have been to Tommy T's, and Tommy runs a hell of a show, mm-hmm. and it is, a, it is an awesome club. I right. won the Bay Area I Black. I want to do it. I won the Bay Area Black 
at that club, 2010. Y'all notice I threw that in? He won. Yeah, I won. It took me four years. Oh, but I won. That but you won. Year. You won. I'm saying it to say this is a club I've been at often. So mm-hmm. it's not it like it is it, it's more than the headliner for DC Young Fly to have to hit, hit somebody. Right. It's more than the headliner for it was Ricky Smiley was there. Ricky Smiley that happened in Tommy T's and then um it happened with Donnell Rollins at the same club I was on. But it, this it, is why you need more security. Yeah, and what's crazy Because at my club, uh-huh. if a motherfucker pop up and look off into nowhere. My staff is like, yo, we already see it. Because yes. comedy is different than a nightclub. Nightclub, people already moving, bodies already moving. You don't know there's a fight until a circle develops and they already got a hold of each other. In a comedy club, as soon as a chair scoots back and somebody stand up, we're like, well, who was, was with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your security is, is, is crazy. We're not playing. They're, yeah, they're, they're not playing we at all. We can't afford to. I, I stopped and paused the joke and they thought I was going through a moment and they was going to put me out of the club. I'm performing. Yeah, we'll get your ass up out they of here. They're finna get me out of there. Don't look off in the night. I'm the, I'm the performer. If you're going to tell your jokes, you better connect with that audience. But if you just... I, I zoned out for like a half a minute, and they, they was going to put my ass out. Do it. Zone out. I'm like... Security! I got to get you out of here. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, you be outside, outside like, I got one of my dreads back. How the fuck that happen? <laughs> but yeah, definitely, man. Uh, again, like I said, it, it happens. And and it's, it's isolated incidents, but... They happen, and we have, and clubs have to have more security, man. And, and it, it was crazy. Donnell Rollins, he was doing his his version of what happened to me at this same club. And before he left that week, somebody ran up on him. Oh, he was telling the story about it at that club. At like, that oh, club, it's the club that yeah, 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 yeah. I want to, I want to send a shout out to Steve Brown. He posted it and all that. You know, a, a lot of comics did it because you know, some happened with a comic. We're gonna make fun of it, but they they, they showed love. But after that, somebody. Mm-hmm. Ran up on him. All right, so tell me this: what with with now hindsight being twenty twenty, what was if Here we go? If there was a new Steve Brown after that situation, what are you what are you taking with you to? What you learn? What did that? What lesson was that, dude? It was an isolated incident. But you I, you, I, ain't, you ain't traveling with your own security or nothing. You know what, so man? You know like, what? Everybody asks me, do I need security? Like I can't fight. I'm a fighter. Okay, not, but not saying that I'm this badass. I know how to take care of myself. Uh, like you asked me, man, we you, we need security on both sides of the no, stage. I before. was I was legitimately fucking with you. I like for fucking what you here, you the bros. You ain't gonna let you ain't gonna let. I shit was happen. fucking. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have security on the ramp and the stairs do for you your know, set. Nigga. Do you know how I looked at you when you said that? I'm like, what the fuck? Are you? Yeah, because yeah. you only been in the car ten minutes. You were like, uh, come like, on, bro. Like, uh, goddamn, we talked for and then the next. We were in a traffic jam. The next twenty minutes of the traffic jam was like, let me tell you. Uh, uh, the other side of that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I, I, I um, I, it doesn't bother me at all, man. I, I don't, I don't, I, I still don't take security. If somebody offers security and want to, you know, of course I'd be like, cool, no problem. But the thing is, man, with my shows, people are so entertained. I don't even think they even think about no bullshit like that. That That's, part. Yeah, that part. I mean, because you know what I do. You know how I handle myself on stage. And I, I like to keep And people. let me just, let me just stop down and say, mm-hmm. let me just, let me just say, right? Oh, like, shit. I don't, I don't genuinely, uh, genuinely interrupt my guests too much. Yeah, you do. No, only when it is it is absolutely poignant to what's going on. Because there's people watching this podcast and you have not been exposed to what Steve Brown does on stage. Mm-hmm. Steve Brown Here we go. is in the top percentile, if not the number one comic for laughs per minute. And I'm not talking about chuckles. I'm not talking about laughs from your throat. I'm talking about laughs from your abdomen and your soul. People were laughing so hard last night. The first show was light. I mean, 
light. Like, yeah, my, my family. 38 to 50 people were in there. My family. And 38 to 50 people gave him a standing ovation. Second show, three times as many people, same situation. Tonight is going to be pandemonium. There's going to be pandemonium. That word. So out of all the comics that we've had, and you can look on our roster, you can go. We have a link on our, on our website, superfunnycomicclub.com. It says Hall of Fame. You can see everyone that we've had. And it comes down to, I, in my honest, humble opinion, it is Steve Brown or Tony Roberts for the response the crowds are giving. And there's people who were here last night mm-hmm. who were here for Tony Roberts mm-hmm. that are saying, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, uh, you know what, man? The thing is, uh, shout out, to, shout out, the major shout out to Tony Robbins. That's my man. guy. But I love him. I'm not saying it so that you have to give the humble uh, re- response to. No, it. no, I, I'm no. just trying to give the viewer an understanding. Like I know comedy, mm-hmm. and I know who's funny, and you don't. Most people who do who like stand up like the same. You can't name twenty comics, right? You can't. And then when it comes to who you think is good, it's a general consensus of like five or six. You'll get the top four, mm-hmm. and then you'll get two that they've seen live that weren't them. The notoriety. Yeah, and then the seventh one is like, I, uh, what, what, what's the guy's name? What, what, right, he does the, um, right. um uh, you don't even know that guy's name. Right, 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 right. Or girl. Mm-hmm. But that is the gist of people's exposure to it, mm-hmm. right? Just right. like, just like, um, Somebody who may love a football team would know all the players, almost the entire active roster. Mm-hmm. But someone who's vaguely familiar with them or their favorite sport is basketball, you're asking them, hey, who's your football players in your city? They'll name the poster players. Right. They'll give you a quarterback, marquee. Back, yeah. marquee players, mm-hmm. and don't know who's setting a block, who's mm-hmm. hiking a ball, who's kicking anything. Don't know no other players, but ride or die for that team. Yeah. So even the most heavy-duty comedy connoisseur uh, is you're honestly out of the loop. And that is part of the allure for me for when new people come to the club because I can expose them mm-hmm. to people like you. And this is a blessing. Steve Brown is a monster, but just does not come to the West Coast. Just does not come to the West Coast. I ain't fucking with y'all. Not he funny. does not come to the West Coast. He is a he is crushing the Bible Belt and the East Coast, but he is not messing with these flights west. And we got him out here, and last night people were like, yo, this shakes up the fabric of what I thought comedy was. Dude, let me tell you something, man. I I have this this um, little line. It's not who you know, it's who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I strongly stand on it, man. And when I tell you I love what I do on stage, man, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and that's just what it is, man. And, you know, I'm not in no competition or anything like that, man. I just love funny, and I think... It's um, it, it's an addiction of mine. I love seeing people laughing and having a good time, man. And 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 um, not only that, it's shit. It's it's um, it's kind of like ther- therapy for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't smoke, I don't drink. I just when I get on stage, man, I'm in a whole new world. I'm I'm entertaining me. Mm-hmm. I'm entertaining me, and that and that's a wonderful thing, man. And, and so th- I, th- I'll use that as a segue to my last question, mm-hmm. which is, um. If you're you're entertaining you, mm-hmm. right? Like that. That sounds like a a, a, a motive, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of go, you mm-hmm. know. But what is your what is your motor? Like what is your like when you 
you what you laying in bed, you're like, I don't have to get up today. I don't have to do this shit. I'm already the funniest one out here. What push you? Is it that? Is that? Is it something innate in you that says, I'm so good at this that I have to show the people who, my greatness? Dude, what's your or dude, is, is I, it a child somewhere? Dude, is it no. is it when was I, it your when, grandma's dying wish? Like, what is your motive? My motive, man, is like, dude, I deserve to be in a higher place in this comedy business. And my thing is, my motive is, I'm gonna if if, if I'm not, you know, among the wall of fame or whatever. I'm going to show them why I should be. You know mm. what I'm saying? I love doing what I do, man. And it's, it, it's just one of those things, man, because there are so many other comics out there, man, that are great at what they're, they do, and they don't get the notoriety. Nobody knows who they are. And, and my thing is I just, I'm, I'm just working on me, man. I, w- I wake up every day thinking of ways on how to get better on stage mm. and just be a better all-around performer. And that's what it is. And, and, and now I think people are starting to take notice. And I thank God for that. I thank my grandparents for that. I think just 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 my motor inside, man, my, my, I'm just motivated. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Always have been, you know? So um, that's me. When, when, when you come to a Steve Brown show, expect to see a whole lot of funny shit, a, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, self-enjoyment, all that. You, you're going to see it. Yeah. That's what I bring to the table, and and um, I I try to you know push it onto my audience, give them a great, energetic, laughing ass experience. I'm gonna give these motherfuckers experience. That's just what it is, you know. That's what it is. Whether you see me fighting somebody or making them laugh, you're gonna get an experience. <laughs> All right. With that said, tell tell these um, wonderful people who one are watching live mm-hmm. or uh, are are watching, uh, you know, watching this in playback later. Uh, where they can find you? What's next? Uh, what's next, man? I do this podcast. Uh, it's called the Yeah We Talk Like This uh, show with uh, myself, Lav Love, uh, comedian JJ, uh, who just recently played the club. Yeah, JJ uh, and Jen Thomas, and uh, it's phenomenal, man. It's growing, so y'all can check it out. Also, you can follow me on social media, uh, Comic Steve Brown on Twitter and Instagram. One word, Comic Steve Brown. And on Facebook, uh, all things Steve Brown. So mm. just working on that, man, doing a lot of traveling, taking a lot of dates, man. And, and, and you know, just working on self and going to try to get out to the West Coast more and catch some of these auditions and, and grow my brand out here as well, you know. You got to come. But on. right now, I'm here at the Super Funny Comedy Club. Right. Don't miss me this weekend, people. Don't miss me. Trust me. Don't miss me. Yeah, don't miss them. Yeah, some of y'all just blocking your own blessing. I ain't even got some free tickets, man. You go to the link in the Comedy Club's Instagram, at Super Funny Comedy Club. Click the link in the bio. The top link on that link tree says free tickets to Steve Brown. Click that. Fill it out. Name will be on Will Call at the door. Mm. And you can see one of the greatest comics alive for free. Mm. Now, when he come back, you can see one of the greatest comics alive for some bread. Some real bread. But this is going to be your walk around tasting of everything at Costco. This is your taste test. This <laughs> at is Costco. Your, this <laughs> is your, this, you're in the food court at the mall, and they give you that delicious, succulent piece of chicken on the toothpick. That's what this is. Yeah. And then when he come back, because we're building this. He's got to build his West Coast presence. It's also. Uh, I demand it. That you build the, your West Coast presence because the people who who are on that hall the Hall of Fame the people who go down in history as the greatest comics alive they did 
And so this coast has been exposed to them and that's what they know. Mm -hmm. So it's on you to expose them to you and your brand. Otherwise, we can't even be mad at the people. You can't. Because you're not, you know what I mean? The internet is powerful, but when you are this good on stage, it that's your strength. Yeah. So let's play to your strength. Brother, I appreciate that. I appreciate the uplift. Yeah, man. Y'all come get this, people. Come get it. I'm here. So make sure you follow the club. It's Super Funny Comedy Club on uh, Instagram, also on Facebook, and then that's also on the uh, World Wide Web, superfunnycomedyclub.com. And for my specific stuff, excuse me, for my specific stuff, it's Mr. Nate Jackson on uh, on Instagram, uh, NateJacksonComedy.com. And uh, I have Cleveland Improv coming up, and I also have, uh, they're calling it the Island Takeover, where I'm going to be in Hawaii and uh, we're going we're gonna to have some fun with that. Also, a lot of energy is going to go into two things in the next few weeks. One is um, uh, either a writing class or uh, the business of comedy class mm. for young comics in this area. And even some veterans who, who uh, are trying to figure out how to put a couple of last touches together. Um, and then the second thing is going to be... Uh, we are going to be doing uh, more skits, sketches, and uh, making a footprint on social media. Uh, I've already done that. I'm, you know, there's 139,000 followers on Instagram where the sketches have been extremely consistent and, and funny. And uh, the club has been, um, it's been a massive undertaking where I haven't had the bandwidth to get back into social media. But now as things are normalizing and with the presence of a phenomenal um, teammate, um, staff and assistant and interns. I'm being able to have some room and space, and and just me being a, a happier person got me a new got me a new gal in my life and everything. I see uh, where we can be funny on that internet again. So we're gonna do it, and all of that matters because you got to be able to think of the funny. You got to be if you're like man, fuck this shit. You ain't gonna be very funny at all. But if you happy, her. you you can put some funny shit together. And so um. Today, I also want to, and as I close out, I wanted to give a special shout out uh, to David Bonds. David Bonds is um, a pillar in the community. Hey, David. Uh, he is the uh, IT director for uh, the Emerald Queen Casino, and um, I'll, I'll add, he's a friend. And uh, David, oh, really? Yes, and David has, um, he has amassed um, some really awesome um, equipment and stuff for production. And so we are shooting on three very high def cameras and he is, he's the one doing the live cutting and mm. directing from another room. Like I wish we had behind the scenes so you guys could be like, yeah, yeah, he in now. He's in another room he in now. Yeah. wirelessly cutting and jump. It's so dope that I can look right here at this camera mm -hmm. and it jumped to me like, like real TV. And then if I want I can look back at this two shot on you and we acting up. He, he doing his thing. So I just want to make sure I give a shout out to David Bonds because uh, he did not have to do this. This was about him saying, uh, you know, let me show you what I can do, young blood. And he and doing what, it. And, and this is this has been a phenomenal experience that paired with Ayano here engineering. And we have phenomenal sound. We have a great stream and high quality. And this this is the stuff dreams are made of, because when you build a place like this and a space like this, I know and understand that what happens on the stage when the comics say thank you, good night, other than memories, it's mm -hmm. done. What happens in this room up here, this can go to Japan and back oh, oh, in oh, 10 oh, seconds. Me, let me say this. I got a rule interrupt. You mean, what do you mean this place? This is a fucking phenomenal operation you got here, brother. 
Oh man, thank you. Is it, it? Let you me say. Put some respect on it. You put some respect on oh. it. Let me tell you something, man. Now I, I never got to throw this out. Here. I'll be at the comedy club Stardome in Birmingham, the, probably the biggest comedy club uh, in America. Uh, uh, Shout out to Bruce Ayers. Bruce Ayers. It's uh, July 30th through April. I mean August 2nd. July, July 30th through August 2nd. And I'm telling you, I always thought nothing could fuck with the Stardome. You fucking with it, bro. You fucking with it. I'm telling you, this is a great operation man everything is professional it's top notch man and, and it's a blessing for me to be here man and i appreciate you dog real talk real talk well thank you for coming that is dog and that that's is. a hell of an episode man um thank you very much for watching please uh check out the rest of the other podcasts that we've done anywhere you listen to your podcast expose yourself to it enjoy yourself peace Okay, you know what would be amazing? If you left a five-star review on iTunes. Go ahead. Just do it. Thank you for listening to the Nate Jackson Podcasting Network.